thankful to God for that. I mentioned a moment ago, and a lot of you have been arriving, and so uh, I want to say again, today we're going to take a little while on this Sunday morning, and we're going to address the topic, how do I go beyond belief? How do I go beyond belief? And this morning, our aim is to be conversational mm-hmm. and to be uh, conversational, but to be foundational. Uh, we recognize that a lot of uh, what we're going to address today is very foundational. Mm-hmm. But what we also recognize is that with it being foundational to what we believe, uh, we, we also recognize it to be essential. And it's something that we can't take for granted. It's something that's for everybody. And so without any further ado, uh, we want to begin to minister and to address this question, how do I go beyond belief? And I believe that this morning, I've already expressed that we have expectation of what God's going to do, mm-hmm. but I believe that God's going to work today to open someone's understanding, perhaps in a way that hasn't been uh, opened, and that's going to give somebody a personal revelation of how to take the next step in your relationship with God. Uh, That's a question that all of us need to consider today. What is the next step in your relationship with God? Right. And it's been said before, uh, I didn't say it, but I heard someone say it before, uh, that if, if you don't know what your next step is, then that's the definition of being lost. I've been lost before right. when I'm out driving somewhere. If I don't know what my next turn is, then by definition, at that moment, I'm lost. Don't ask my wife if I've ever been lost. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't ask her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you all have been there before too, probably, whether or not we want to admit it in an open forum like this. Um, but... So it is in our spiritual life. If we don't know what our next step is, right. then we need to consider what it is, and we need to, uh, we need to seek God, and right. we need to seek the Word of God and find out what that next step is. And that's our intent today, is to very conversationally, very foundationally look at what do I need to do to go beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And um, the first topic that, that we need to cover whenever we're considering this question is the topic of personal responsibility. Um, on the topic of personal responsibility, uh, I want to take us to a couple of scriptures this morning. I hope you've got your Bibles with you or, or a device that's not connected to the live feed right now that you can go to. Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 10, and we're going to be taking, I think, everything this morning from the New King James Version. Am I right? Pretty, Most pretty, of it, yes. Pretty close. Brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. And then Philippians chapter 2, um, verse 12 and 13 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who makes, or it, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. There is a uh, dimension of personal responsibility uh, in salvation. Um, but, and if I can interrupt, sure. As much as there is a personal dimension um, of responsibility in responding in faith, Mm-hmm. to God mm-hmm. for our salvation and in going beyond belief. We also can recognize from Scripture mm-hmm. in Philippians chapter 2, the Scriptures you just read, mm-hmm. says to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But then without breaking the stream of thought, the Apostle Paul continues to write mm-hmm. in the very same sentence, just the next verse, and recognizes that it's God right. who works in us. Right. And so that any step we take towards God... Any measure of personal responsibility that we wish to act on is really just a response to what God's already doing. Right. God's drawing us. Right. So the Spirit of God, um, if we are open to it, is going to draw us. Right. And that's going to be um, how that we move towards and move forward uh, in what God is 
trying to say and what he's trying to do. We cannot add one thing to perfect the complete work of Christ. Right. We don't bring anything to the table uh, to offer to add to our salvation except for our response in faith. And this morning, maybe at some point uh, during this this time of ministry, you might feel a prompt of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, you might feel uh, something that signals to you that this is something I need to look further into. Uh, this is something that might answer the question for me, what do I need to do to go beyond belief? I would say to you, that's the very thing that the Apostle Paul was writing about in Philippians chapter 2 when it says God is at work in us. Right. We have to take personal responsibility. Right. But God's at work. We recognize that, that God is already at work. And so right. you might feel that, that prompt in, in your spirit today. Uh, you need to recognize that for what it is. That's the Spirit of God. That's right. Identifying to you right. uh, something that needs some attention. That's right. And that pulling that you feel to go beyond. I know our um, subject is beyond going beyond belief. Right. Um, that is your faith. Right that is trying to become alive and trying to latch on. It is our faith right. uh, that is responding and that right. should be responding to what uh, the Lord is saying. We have a personal response, responsibility to do so. God will not force the matter. Uh, he won't force anything. We've heard preachers say my whole life, I've heard preachers say that he's a gentleman and that right. he is not going to uh, force anything on us, but he has freely given this to us today. Right. And so we have that opportunity to, um, to really grow as much as, as we want and as much as we can. He, there is never a stopping point. You said it earlier, but if we are stopping, then we are probably, um, not we're lost. Right. (laughs) And, and this isn't something that we talked about beforehand, but it just came to mind now and it kind of illustrates the point I feel like very, very clearly. In the New Testament, there's a story of when Jesus went to a region called Gadara. And uh, there was a man there who famously, uh, he lived in the tombs, he lived in the graveyard, he, he cut himself, they tried to bind him with chains. He would, he would scream, he would yell, he was, uh, he was in very bad shape. And it was a result of him being uh, vexed and, and, and possessed by uh, hundreds. Right hundreds and thousands of demons mm-hmm. and demonic spirits. And the scriptures say that when Jesus arrived at that place, he came in on a boat with his disciples. And when Jesus uh, landed on the shore, the scriptures tell the story like this. They say that that man who was vexed and possessed by demons ran to Jesus Christ. That's right. Ran to Jesus Christ. And, and by the end of the story, the man was... He was seated at the feet of Jesus, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. Mm -hmm. And I bring up that story because it perfectly, I think, illustrates the fact that Brother Ben's been talking about, about personal responsibility. Nothing, if you want to to take a step towards God, there's no power in heaven, earth, hell, anywhere that can stop you from approaching Jesus Christ. Hey, the whole... <clears throat> think about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. That story. Um, the whole community, the whole, the whole, the whole group of people, right, were not excited to see Jesus. No, <laughs> they were upset at him. They were mad at him, and they asked him to please leave. Right. <laughs> right. And um, there was a price tag attached to what Jesus did that day. Mm-hmm. But. The, the takeaway for somebody that's asking the question and that's earnestly seeking the answer of what, what do I do to go beyond belief? What's the next step for me in my relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Is that it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't right. matter what situation you're facing, what you're dealing with. And I'm not belittling it mm-hmm. or reducing it, right. whatever you might be facing. But there's nothing that can stop you right. from taking a step and responding in faith toward that's God. It. Absolutely right. nothing. That's right. Because we read in Scripture, the, the, the man in Gadara, yeah. he was possessed by thousands of demons. He had, he had a lot of issues. He had things yes. going on in his life. Yes. And uh, they tried everything to right. try to contain him, to try to civilize him, uh, to try to get him under control. One moment, 
in the presence of God. That's right. Corrected all of that. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything that could stop it. No. The there, people, that's what I, that was kind of my point is the people, even though they rejected him and didn't want him. Right. There was nothing because that man right. had a made up mind. Right. The demons couldn't stop him. The faith inside of that man, the demons couldn't stop that. Demons couldn't stop it. Yeah. The townspeople couldn't stop it. That's right. It was going to happen. He made up his mind. Right. That I'm going to touch Jesus. I'm going to get into the presence of God. Right. I'm going to figure out what's next for me. Right. And it's when his faith activated. Right. And nothing could stop him. That's powerful. That is That's very powerful, powerful for somebody today. Yeah. Because there's people, uh, there's people watching right now. There's people who are going to watch later that you're, you're facing some things. Right. You're facing some trials. Right. There's things going on in your life that you don't have answers for. That's right. Maybe those around you have tried to help. Maybe That's you've right. personally looked for some answers and looked for ways to uh, solve the dilemma that right. you're facing, the crisis that you have going on. But I want to speak a word to you. Uh, if that's you, if you're facing some things, you need to shift your focus right. off of your problem and on to Jesus Christ. And that's you need good. to ask yourself, how can I take a step of personal responsibility in responding in faith uh, and taking the next step towards God? Right. Totally. So uh, we, may, we must make certain uh, that we believe what we believe uh, about our salvation I want to take us to another scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. There is something about this salvation journey that takes us off the broad road, that takes us off the road that is most easily uh, traveled, um, and it takes us to a place that sometimes feels like a very narrow uh, path. Right. Um, it's not always what everyone um, is doing, but it is what the what our faith is pulling us towards, the drawing of the Spirit of the Lord. Right. We cannot follow the crowd or worry about uh, what others do. Let, let me... Again, yeah. go back to the story that we've been talking about with the man in Gadara. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you made the point just a moment ago, Brother Ben, there was a lot of people that were in that region that weren't too jazzed about what Jesus was doing. Right. They weren't going out of their way to uh, to experience him in the way that this one man was. Right. And I think that paints a very clear picture of what Jesus is talking about there in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, there is something about... Uh, the journey in salvation and, and, and a walk with God. Right. That is very much about the road less traveled. Right. And the narrow path. Mm-hmm. Not worrying about what the crowd may do or what the majority might do. Right. But responding in faith to what you know is right, to That's what right. you see in Scripture, right. and to how God is dealing with you. That's right. And we've got to come to the place um, that we are uh, willing and we are have broken... Uh, ourselves and allowed the Spirit of God to break us, um, that we see the importance uh, and the duty to ourselves and to our families right. to um, to take the matters of our own salvation with fear and with trembling and allow God yeah. to not... A, not listening to all the other voices, not listening right. to what everyone else is saying, not listening to what mainstream Christianity is saying and saying, I want to know what God has to say about this. I right. want to know what the Spirit, I need that drawing. Uh, whether I've been in the church for 75 years or whether this right. is my first time to ever hear anything about this today. Right. I want what the Spirit is saying. I want that thing that is going to change me. Right. That's not going to so be true. just something so that I can fit into this uh, group or into this crowd that says, hey, look at me, I'm a believer. Right. But I want to know him. Right. I've got to know him for myself. So true. That's the attitude and, and the mentality that we have to have when we're approaching God. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so true. I, I want to I shift gears for just a, a minute here, and I want to talk about uh, a plan. I want to talk about God's plan. God has always had a plan. 
God's always had a clear and specific plan. Mm -hmm. We see it in Scripture all the way through the entire story of our Bibles. Genesis chapter 4, we see the well-known story of Cain and Abel. Right. Uh, They were bringing offerings to God, and God accepted Abel's offering, Abel's worship, the way that Abel approached God. God accepted that, but he rejected Cain's. And without going into the details of the story, it's in Genesis chapter 4 if you'd like to look at it for yourself. But what we have to recognize really occurred was that Cain offered what he thought was right. Right. So when we talk about personal responsibility, we're not talking about charting our own course or developing our own belief system, but we're talking about responding in faith. And we're talking about recognizing, on the very other hand, that God has a plan. He's always had a plan. He's had a right way to approach him. We see it in the earliest chapters of the Bible Mm -hmm. there in Genesis chapter 4. And Cain offered what he thought was right, what he thought was the correct way to approach God. And it wasn't the right way after all. Right. And that speaks to a human condition. Mm-hmm. It speaks to a condition that lives inside of each one of us. The book of Proverbs addresses it. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but it, the end thereof is the way of death. The New, Trans, New Living Translation says it this, just a little bit differently. It says, There is a path before every person that seems right. But it ends in death. Now, we saw that play out tragically in the life of Cain. Uh, Let me take you to another passage of Scripture, very early on in Scripture, that proves that this is the way that God works. He always has a plan. He always Mm -hmm. has a specific plan. Genesis chapter 6 tells the story of when Noah found favor in the sight of God. And God began to deal with Noah about, how do I go beyond belief? Right. And... God gave Noah a detailed plan for the ark that would save him and his family from the great flood that God was going to send upon the earth. Uh, you, You could ask the question, if you wanted to just get really practical for a second, you could ask, how did Noah go beyond belief? Well, after he received the plan to build the ark, Noah started chopping down trees. Yeah, he was scoping trees out and trying to figure out. Right. He started gathering supplies. He started Mm -hmm. going about the process of attending to God's plan that had been communicated to him. Right. You look in another passage of Scripture, the next book of the Bible, Exodus. Exodus chapters 25 through 31 tells uh, of the time when God spoke to Moses and gave Moses the plan for the tabernacle. The children of Israel were living in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. but there needed to be a place among the people where God's spirit dwelled, where God would take up residence. And so God gave a plan to Moses for a tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And it was an elaborate uh, structure. And it wasn't just that he showed up and told Moses, I want you to build me a tent. I want you to build me a tabernacle so that I can dwell. But God had a plan. God had a specific plan. And he gave Moses the measurements for the structure. He gave Moses the details of everything that was going to furnish the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And again, you could go practical here and you could ask, how did Moses go beyond belief? Well, I believe that after Moses received the details and the plan that God gave him, that there wasn't any guesswork to be done. Moses went out and, and started equipping people with a tape measure and right. with the skills to get the job done and to fulfill the plan of God that had been handed down to them right. so that God could dwell among them. Right. Let me just stop for a second and say, mm. God still wants to dwell among us. That's right. God still wants his presence and his spirit to live mm. among us. And so as much as we see a plan, a detailed, specific plan for that to take place in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we can rest assured that in the New Testament, there is a specific plan for God to dwell among us Most definitely. and for his presence to be a part of mm. our life. We can't rely on what seems right to us. That's the point of all this. Right. God has always had a specific plan. Right. We can take great comfort in that, Right. that this isn't ambiguous. This isn't something where we have to do a lot of guesswork, where we have to make estimations about what God desires and what he expects of us to be saved. 
But what we do know is that we can't do what seems right to us. And because if, if that was the way things worked, then it would vary from individual to individual. And we have to reach the place where we rely totally on what has never changed. And that's the word of God. That's right. We've experienced a lot of change in our world in the past several weeks, in the past mm-hmm. couple months. We have. The world changes fast. Mm-hmm. The world has changed a lot since the days of Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. since the days of Noah, since the days of Moses and the children of Israel with the tabernacle. That's right. The world's changed a lot since then. It's changed a lot even recently. But there's one thing mm-hmm. that's never changed, and that's the Word of God. That's right. God does not change. And He We've always got a couple, has a plan. And He always has a plan. He always has a plan. That's right. And that's just part of God's character. Right. God's not playing this uh, from the hip. Right. God's never taken by surprise. He always has a plan. There's mm. a couple of scriptures that I, I want Brother Ben to take a moment and read to us that, that, that just show from scripture that this is one of the attributes of God, that he never changes. It isn't just something that we've observed right. in our lifetime. That's right. And that we're telling you anecdotally today. Right. But it's something that we see in our lives, right, but also in the pages of Scripture. Throughout time. Psalms um, 102, verse 27, You are the same, and your years have no end. Malachi 3 and 6, I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And... What those scriptures tell us, and there's many more we could go to, but those, those, yeah. those make the point clearly, I believe, that God doesn't change. God is a God of patterns and principles. He's a God of attributes that do not change, and one of his attributes is that he always has a plan. Always has He's a plan. always in control. That's right. He's in control right now. Let me speak to somebody's life. Maybe you feel like the world's out of control. Maybe you feel like your life's out of control. Mm-hmm. God is in control. That's right. God is in control. And... Uh, we've not arrived in the present day. We talked about these ways that the Old Testament saints were saved and mm-hmm. how they found salvation mm-hmm. and how God always had a plan. Well, we can assume then, we can, we can deduce right. that we haven't arrived in the present day, in the right. day that we're living in right now, right. in the present day New Testament age, mm-hmm. that we haven't arrived here all of a sudden to experience a reality where God has now given us a buffet line <laughs> Of, uh, of whatever we choose for salvation. Right. Does anyone out there miss buffet lines? I, me. Hmm. God hasn't given us a buffet line, though. Right. Of just things that we can choose for That's our right. salvation. He still has a plan. That's right. He still deals uh, in clear, specific ways with his people. Just right. like he did in the Old Testament, that is the way he is doing it in the New Testament. And the good news is, the good news is, is that in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, mm. God himself, hear me right now, God himself has satisfied every part, every detail of his plan. Mm. Rest assured, in the New Testament, God has a plan for salvation. That's right. He has a plan for us to experience his presence. But the best news that I can give you today is that God himself, God himself, has manifested himself, and he has satisfied every detail that he left for us. He has opened up the channel, and he has removed every obstacle. That's right. And all that remains for us to do is engage and respond to his plan in faith with no fear of messing up. Here's what happened. Here, here, let, me, let me backtrack for a second and say this. When God gave... Moses, the tabernacle plan. Not only did God provide Moses with the measurements for the structure and the way that things were going to be furnished, but there was a particular way that the people of God had to approach God. They could not enter into the presence of God without doing a detailed list of things. Right. And even then, only the high priest was going to be able to enter into the holy, most holy place and experience the manifest presence of God. Right. And if those details and those particulars of the plan were not met, then it would result in death right. for the person that was trying to approach God. Right. And 
Today, let me speak to somebody and, and, and tell you, all that remains for us today, God, I, I want to say again, God has satisfied every part of his plan. Mm-hmm. Every part of the approach to God has been met. Right. The scriptures tell us that there's one God and one right. mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus has come and he has done all of that for us. His work is complete. Brother Ben mentioned it a minute ago. We don't need to add one single thing right. to what Jesus did. We simply must respond in faith. Right. And the good news for us today is that you can respond in faith with no fear of messing up, with no fear of not having it all together. Mm-hmm. It you opens know, up a, a whole different way of approaching yeah. God. Thanks be to God that he yes. has done it in Christ Jesus. That's right. That we can experience God with no fear of messing things up, that we can approach him boldly. Right. In this new way. Um, as you were talking about that and just this morning, I, I feel this morning, I don't know um, what you may be going through or what you may be facing. I know today without a doubt in my mind um, that there is a lot of uh, anxiety, that there's a lot of anxiousness. Um, I understand, too, that those words, anxiety and anxiousness and stress and all those different kinds of things are almost buzzwords right now because uh, everywhere you turn, um, <laughs> if, you, if you are on, uh, if, you, if you look at any media or if you look at anything, uh, those are words that are attached to uh, maybe the circumstances and the things that we are going through uh, right now. But I, I want to speak a word for just a moment, if, yeah. that, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, the enemy uh, would like very much to, uh, to grip us uh, with fear. Yeah. We've been talking about some fear. Yeah. And uh, like to paralyze us. He wants to paralyze us and he wants to uh, block. When we are in fear, we are putting our faith um, in that fear. It, it right. just kind of blocks it in. It just kind of right. boxes our faith off. Right. It like shuts our faith right down. Right. And um, I was reading uh, about the armor of God uh, this week and I really begin to think about the shield of faith. Yeah. God has equipped us and has given us something. I don't know, this may be the first time you've ever tuned in or you may watch this later or this may be a word uh, for a saint that has been in the church uh, for a very long time. But God has given us something uh, that combats and that can fight against right. the fear and that is the shield of faith. Right. And so when the enemy tries or people try because I've been approached by people even since this has been going on that are of that are not trying to be do anything wrong they're not trying to be used by the devil they're not none of those kinds of things no but fear has grasped uh, their heart and so that has kind of exploded if you will and it's all that can be talked about it's all that can be and if we're not careful we'll allow that fear to mesmerize it, it, it will right. just consume us right it will just uh come over us and i feel strongly this morning that if you'll take the shield of faith if you'll put on the armor of god i, I hope i'm not getting no. off track here but if you'll put on the armor of god the helmet of salvation if you'll begin to apply those things to your life that shield of faith is more than just uh something that we would dress up in in children's church uh to show off all the different uh the armor of right. god but the shield of faith when we have the shield of faith when fear comes against us when the enemy comes against right. us when when when, when people try to come against us, when um, when when things that 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 are that are when if we feel like that maybe everything in the world is coming against right. us, we've got power to overcome that. Yes, we've got power through the word. We've got power through the blood. We've got power through the plan. Right, because he has always had a plan, and he's always in control. He's always in control. We can have faith in that. That's right. the essence of our faith, is right. that no matter what is going on in the physical, no matter what we can discern with our natural faculties and what's going on, 
We need to be dialed into the things of the Spirit. Right. Because we need to bear in mind that God is in control. That's right. We can have faith in that. And I'll say one more thing. Go ahead. And I'm just going to no. paraphrase. You hear me say that all the time here. <laughs> but David said, I probably preached these scriptures probably in the last uh, two or three months here on a Wednesday night. Yeah. But David said, where can I go? In essence, where can I, if, if I ascend into the sky somewhere, yeah. you've been there. If I make my bed in the grave, right. you've already been there. If I'm on the mountaintop, you've been there. Yeah. If I've been in the valley, the shadow of death, it feels like. Right. David said, I'm not going to fear any evil, <laughs> for the Lord is with me. Right. Am I right? Right. We can't <laughs> go anywhere where he's... There, there's no section of, of, of the creation where God's not in control. Right. There's not a compartment that just belongs to this world and belongs to what's going on in this world, but God's in it all. Yes. And we, even if we were to try to run from it and try to escape it, we couldn't. That's right. God's in control. And um, without getting into a lot of social commentary today... There's a lot going on in our world, and there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of anxiety, and um, God's not the author of those things. God wants uh, you to be a person of faith. Right. He wants uh, every person to be a person of faith. And what we're really looking for a lot of times in today, in what's going on in the world today, is we're looking for a source of authority that we can trust. That's it. We're looking for a sort. There's so many voices. Brother Ben, we were talking earlier right. this morning, and, and you used that word, and I felt like it was so fitting. Uh, there's just so many voices mm-hmm. in our world right now. Uh, there's been a lot of voices for a long time, but it feels like that all the empty space that we have is being filled with voices. That's it. And for a lot of people, it's, it's becoming a source of, of a little bit of this anxiety and, and this uncertainty. And what we're looking for and what our faith is reaching for is looking for a source of authority that we can trust. Mm-hmm. And we've already established this morning that God doesn't change. Right. We need to take it a step further today, and we need to recognize that God's word doesn't change. Right. The foundation of everything we've been talking about, the foundation of our faith, is the word of God and how we approach the word of God. Right. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Yes, sir. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord. The same psalmist that you Mm -hmm. mentioned a minute ago that wrote the psalm about, Can I go one place and you're not there? Can I go another? He he, he wrote also, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled Mm -hmm. in heavens. It's firmly fixed. It's not going anywhere. That's right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy, a familiar verse that many of you may have heard before. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Here's what it does. Here's, here, just to break it down in simple mm-hmm. terms, that uses some words that... that are are probably not part of our everyday vernacular. Right. But here's in essence what it's saying. Every word of God, every word in Scripture is inspired by God. Right. We have to take the whole thing for what it is. Right. And it's good for us to tell us what to believe, Mm -hmm. what not to believe, Mm -hmm. how to live, how not to live. Right. We can find it all in the word of God. That's right. And we can take faith in the fact that it's never changed, that God, that the Bible is God's revelation of himself to us. Right. And since God never changes, we can then say that his word never changes. That's right. His word is forever settled. And so we've got to ask ourselves, since we have a never changing word from God, a revelation from God, we need to ask ourselves then, how do we approach it? How do we see what's in the word of God and re- and respond in faith and apply it to our lives? How do we uh, go 
beyond belief. The first step, if we're going to know how to go beyond belief, is that uh, we, we can't pick out just scriptures that are familiar to us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scriptures that I like that mm-hmm. I would consider to be maybe some of my favorites. You probably have some favorites too. Right. And uh, one of the things we did in our midweek Bible study this past week uh, is we asked everyone to share what their right. favorite scripture was. Yep. And there was some terrific ones that were right. shared. Um, and, and there's a lot of good scriptures. But we, when we're considering something as important as our salvation, mm-hmm. when we're considering a question like uh, how to go beyond belief, then it's necessary that we go beyond maybe our fav- favorite scriptures. That's right. And that we take the whole word of God for what it says. All the Yeah. Right. There's certain scriptures that are more in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was maybe... Uh, I really need to look up the source of this quote because I say it sometimes, and I always <laughs> say that I think I remember where it came from, and I need to really you just could look it up. always say it was me. Yeah, I could always say it was just for the Ben that said it. <laughs> but I once heard, I once read someone that said, it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that worry me. It's the parts of the Bible that I do understand that give me a little bit of pause. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of parts of the Bible that we clearly understand. Now, there are some things, even the Apostle Peter, in writing to the church in the New Testament, said that some of the things that Apostle Paul wrote were difficult to understand. There's some things that are difficult to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's not just the things that are in my comfort zone that Mm -hmm. I need to take into consideration when I'm asking a question of this magnitude and this importance. The stakes are too high for that. And so when we're approaching this never-changing Word of God, and we're asking ourselves how to go beyond belief. The first thing we need to do is we need to take the whole thing. Right. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And each of us, every single one of us, not just those that might consider themselves teachers of the Bible mm-hmm. or preachers or lifelong saints, mm-hmm. uh, each and every one of us needs to commit to an objective study of the Bible, that is of so Scripture, true. and what it has to say about salvation. So true. The second step that we can take and that we must take when we're approaching this never-changing Word of God is to ask ourselves the question, how does Scripture interpret Scripture? We must allow—this is one of the number one rules of of studying the Bible and receiving the Word of God. We must allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. Mm -hmm. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, familiar passage to many of us, says this, Be diligent— or study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to rightly divide the word of truth? Well, one of the things we have to do is we have to take all of Scripture. That's right. The other thing we must do is that we have to let Scripture interpret Scripture. Mm-hmm. We have to let Scripture interpret Scripture. There's a lot that could be said about interpreting the Bible and how we approach the Word of God, but to narrow it down to just a couple things, we need to let Scripture interpret Scripture. Uh, When a Scripture or a passage of Scripture doesn't match your theology or maybe what you've always presumed to be true, uh, we need to look and see what other passages reveal about that topic. Right. Uh, Scripture does present a clear picture. Mm-hmm. Scripture is not fragmented. Scripture does not contradict itself. There might be parts of it that are difficult. There might be parts of it that, on the surface level, might leave you with a question as mm-hmm. to what exactly is being said here, what exactly right. is being prescribed here. But what we do in those things is we then go to other parts of Scripture that address the same topic, and we allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. Another mm-hmm. principle, whenever we're approaching the Word of God, as it never changes— is to look at it with an eye for what's happening in chronological order. Another word Mm -hmm. we might uh, lend to this is context. Right. We need to look at it in chronological order or Mm -hmm. in context. Mm -hmm. We need, in the case of what we're looking at today, we need to look and see what the New Testament says about salvation. Right. With an awareness of how the New Testament unfolded in Mm -hmm. real time, in the order, the chronological order of the New Testament— Uh, What this means is, for us, is that we need to begin with the Gospels. Mm -hmm. The Gospels are the first things you you see when you open your New Testament. We're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mm -hmm. 
We need to hear the words of Christ right. as they pertain to salvation. That's the place where we need to start. Then when we've examined the Gospels and we've seen what Christ said about salvation in the Gospels, then we can look to a book like the book of Acts, right. which happened next chronologically, right. which shows where the church was started, the New Testament church was born on the day of Pentecost, and then the things that they did mm-hmm. throughout the next several years of history. Right. And we can see... What's important is then we can see how the first church took the words of Jesus Christ about salvation Mm -hmm. and what they did about them and how they respond, how they understood them. I'm interested to know what the eyewitnesses, those who walked with Christ, those who were with him during his earthly ministry and heard him speak these words about salvation. I, for one, am interested to know how they responded in faith. Right. to what Jesus was saying. And that's what we find in the book of Acts. That's right. Then, and only then, do we need to take a look at the letters and the epistles that are found in the New Testament and recognize that those were written to the church. They were written to people that were already saved, that right. had already experienced New Testament salvation. Right. And we can see how the apostles and the writers of those letters and the leaders of that day uh, wrote to the church about the experience that they'd had right. and about how to continue living for God as a, as, as a person of faith. Right. So uh, that, those are some key principles for how we approach the never-changing Word of God. Um, the Bible's main story is God providing an answer to man's biggest problem. Right. We might think, we might look around at the world right now, we might see some pretty, pretty big things going on. Uh, things that warrant our attention, things that seem like big problems. Yeah. And it's not to downplay or reduce mm-hmm. any of those things that are going on in the world right. or that are going on in your life. Right. But when we're talking about spiritual things, mm-hmm. we have to recognize that the biggest problem that humanity has is sin. Right. Is sin. Our problem is that every single one of us tries to build an identity on something besides God. That's what sin boils down to. Mm-hmm. If God is not the center of your life, then something else is. That's right. You cannot serve two masters. Right. And sin creates a separation from God that results in both a physical death mm-hmm. and a spiritual death that you were not created for. Right. God created humanity in perfect relationship with him, mm-hmm. and there was no indication that there was ever going to be an experience of physical death right. or spiritual death. But sin enters the equation, and sin opens the door to both a physical and a spiritual death. Right. And it separated humanity from God, and it remains our biggest problem today. It remains the thing that we have to address before we address anything else. There's some scriptures that speak to it that Brother Ben's going to share with us here from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let's see. Psalms 53 and 3 says, There is none that does good, no, not one. Uh, Jeremiah said, and I read this this week, Jeremiah 17 and 9 said, The heart is deceitful about all things and desperately wicked. Romans 3 and 23 says, All have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. That that sums it up for me, I think. All. All have sinned. That's right. We're not identifying a particular group of people right. or a class of people. We're saying the scriptures bear out all have right. sinned. All have sinned. That's exactly right. First John one and eight says if if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Wow. Mm. What a statement. Mm-hmm. What, what, what a de- declarative statement about the condition we all find ourselves in right. and the problem that we all have to grapple with. We need an answer to this. And the question that we've been asking all morning is, what do I need to do to go beyond belief? Right. Maybe you've been listening for the last little while. Maybe you're just tuning in right now, and you've heard some things that you believe, that you agree with. Right. That you agree with some of the things that uh, have been said, that you've been seen from Scripture. Uh, we need to ask ourselves, what do I need to do to go beyond belief? Mm -hmm. When we sin and we mess up our lives, 
the, the good news is that we find that God doesn't walk off and leave us <laughs> in our condition. That's right. But he enters into our trouble. That's right. And he saves us. I, I, I keep going back to it, but it's such right. a powerful story, the, the story of when Jesus went to the region of Gadara. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, w- we need to see. What really happened in that story mm-hmm. is that Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee that day and landed in Gadara to deal with one man mm-hmm. and to help one individual deal with what he was facing, mm-hmm. what he was vexed by. And Jesus is that's, that shows me the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It shows me the heart of God. And when we sin, when we're messed up, when we're not in a good condition, God doesn't go off and leaves us, but God seeks us out. In a way, and this may sound crazy, and you can correct me and clean it up, but sometimes in that place, as awful as it may be and as hard uh, as it may be and as we may feel like that we have failed in such a great way, it, if we allow it to, it positions us in the perfect place. Right. Right for the for that grace for that for him to walk in right, you know, right. sometimes I'm can be ignorant you know right and I try things you know what I mean right I try to work things out I try to do that and sometimes that causes a some problems right but after I've done that then I know without a doubt and that's a lot of times when I allow him to walk into the situation. Right. That he comes into the situation. I, it makes me think, and, and I've ministered about it before, it makes me think, Brother Ben, um, of Genesis chapter 1 and the fact that when we reach the place where we truly recognize that we need God, mm-hmm. then we can look at a chapter like Genesis chapter 1 where God created everything and if, you've, if you're familiar with it, you know that God created everything out of nothing. Right. He didn't need any materials. Right. And I think that speaks to kind of the, the process of salvation mm-hmm. as well and shows us something about the character of God. Right. Uh, when we reach the place where we realize that we really have nothing to offer. Right. That we really are on empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we really need to look outside of ourselves for hope. Mm-hmm then that's the place where, like you said, God can step in. Right. The Word of God can begin to speak into our lives, and it can right. speak things into existence. It can speak an entirely new reality mm-hmm. into your existence. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're watching right now, and you're not satisfied with the way life is. You're not satisfied with the way things are happening. Things, are, things have not gone according to plan. Maybe like Brother Ben uh, was transparent and said uh, there's been times where he's faced something like that, and he's tried to... Uh, fix it on his own, right. tried to look to solutions and find things that will work and that will right. straighten things out. Yeah. And it just it just makes matters worse, it seems it like. And I can speak <laughs> to that too. Uh, I think that's probably something everyone has done. Yeah. Uh, when we reach the place yeah. where we can just be still, mm-hmm. or we can just be still, and we can realize, that's right. I don't have the answer. And I need something from outside of myself to step into my life and begin to correct things, mm-hmm. to administer hope in my life, that's the place where God can do his greatest work. It's like that faith you were talking about. Yeah. At the beginning. Right. Right. So huh. let, let's, let's talk about faith just uh, for, for a moment. Um, thank you for sticking with us this morning. Um, yes, I feel I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel like yes, the Holy Ghost is, is speaking to somebody and ministering right now. I, I want to talk about faith because we never reach the place where we are not battling against this sin nature. Mm-hmm. Some have called it our flesh. Um, it, it, it's the desires of our flesh. Mm-hmm. It, it's a sin nature. Uh, we none of us ever reach the place where we aren't battling with it, where we aren't right. uh, dealing with it. We all need to be challenged by the question, what do I need to do to go beyond belief? Right. Every single one of us needs mm-hmm. to be challenged by that question. Mm-hmm. How do I put my faith into action? Mm-hmm. Um, faith is foundational. Yeah. Everyone has faith. Yes. Everyone has faith. Yes. Uh, let me help somebody today. If you're watching this, you have faith. Now, what you're putting your faith in, I can't answer. 
but you have the ability to exercise faith. Right. God placed it inside of you when he created you. Romans chapter 12 tell, tells us that God has given to every person a measure mm-hmm. of faith. He didn't make any people that don't have faith. Uh, the implication of that is that God has assigned every single person this thing called faith. Yeah. And uh, we all possess it. Now, uh, the scriptures also say that in Romans chapter, or uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists mm-hmm. and that he rewards those who seek him. Mm-hmm. So every person has faith, mm-hmm. and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, what that tells me, we've been talking a little bit just about the character of God and who right. God is. And, and I think that's necessary before we get too far out to just talk about God right? Um, and, and, and his attributes and the kind of God that he is. What this tells me about God, the fact that we all have faith and without faith it's impossible to please God, is that Jesus will never put us in a no-win scenario. Right. Let me say this another way. God will never put you... God, God won't, um, he, he won't say that without faith it's impossible to please me and then leave you without the ability to exercise faith. Right. That's just not the kind of God he is. God will never leave a person in a no-win scenario. That's right. He's not going to put us in a place where, we're, where, we, where the only option is to fail. Right. There's always right. a way. To reach God. There's right. always a way to respond in faith yes. and, to, and to take the next step that you need to take. And so we, we, can't, we can't hope to know God. We can't hope to enter into a relationship with God without faith. And uh, we need to ask ourselves, what is faith then? Mm-hmm. What is faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us a lot about faith. It tells us, yes, it um, it tells us this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction, the evidence of mm-hmm. things not seen. Mm-hmm. Faith calls us to believe on a God that we can't see. Right. Uh, verse 2 says, For by it, for by faith, the people of God, the people of old, received their commendation. They, they entered into a relationship with God. They, uh, they, they found themselves to be pleasing before God mm-hmm. because of the faith that they operated in, right. the faith that they exercised. Verse 3 says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, now to some that may seem illogical because mm-hmm. maybe we've separated faith from understanding. But what the scriptures say is by faith we understand. Wow. By yeah. faith we understand. I believe that even right now, this morning, mm-hmm. there's uh, there's been a work of the Holy Ghost where God's been opening somebody's understanding. Yes, because you've been listening, you've been processing this morning mm-hmm. uh, in faith. Maybe mm-hmm. you didn't even maybe you didn't even put your finger on it and realize what was going on. Right, but you've been exercising faith today because you've been saying as we talk this morning and as we go to the Word of the Lord, I believe that. Right, I believe that's true. Yes. And that's been your faith being exercised. Right. And as you do that, the scriptures say that by faith, we understand. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've been understanding something today. Maybe the Spirit of God's been illuminating something for you and giving you revelation about how you need to go beyond belief right. and what your next step is. And faith gives us a way to understand the world that we're living in. There's a lot of things going on that we just can't understand. We right. don't have an answer for. Faith gives us uh, a lens yeah. through which to see and to understand what's going on. Now, it says in verse 2 that the people of old received their commendation by mm-hmm. faith. So let's look at what Hebrews chapter 11, just, just briefly, what Hebrews chapter 11 says about some of those people of old. If you'll follow along with me, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Well, we've already talked about Cain and Abel a little while ago. If you're just mm-hmm. if you've just arrived recently, right. we spent a little bit of time at the beginning of our of our uh, broadcast today, right? Talking about Cain and Abel, 
by faith, Abel offered a more, sacri- uh, a more acceptable sacrifice mm-hmm. than Cain. Uh, verse 7 says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, he constructed an ark mm-hmm. for the saving of his household. Verse 8, By faith, Abraham, he obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, a place he'd never been before. Right. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up his son Isaac, and he who had received the promise, the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. Verse 23, let's talk about Moses. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Mm-hmm choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God right. than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 29 says, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. Right. Verse 31 says, By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Now, there's a lot of backstories to, mm-hmm. to these people. We just named off and went through part of Hebrews chapter 11, and there's a lot of stories that go along and a lot of backstory that follows all of these individuals. But I think we can look at what the common theme is here. The common theme is faith. Yes. It's faith. Their faith was a living and an active faith. Yeah. It was faith that was acted upon. These, these people... Their faith that acted as a commendation for them mm-hmm. was not a faith that uh, stayed relegated to just a mental agreement mm-hmm. of what God and God's word had delivered into their life. You know, as you were reading that, something that really right. uh, st- struck me, um, probably I realized it before, but all of these individuals were in different places as far as their relationship with God. Sure their knowledge of even who he was and how much he had revealed at that time. And they still allowed yeah, from Abraham to Noah, right. then to Moses. All their circumstances were different. To uh, Rahab, right. who only, you know, was, was probably, you know. She wasn't an Israelite. No. And there's a whole backstory. We won't right. get into that. But she, you need to know about Rahab. She wasn't an Israelite. She wasn't one of the people of God. She didn't cross over That's the Red right. Sea. But it proves that that faith. Right. That measure of that faith. That faith was still there. She yeah. didn't need a Red Sea moment. Right. In order to have faith. Exactly. In God. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that speaks to the fact, Brother Ben, that it doesn't matter what your circumstance is or what your background might be. We see right. here that the background of all these individuals is, is, is widely varied. Mm-hmm. And certainly whenever we're, we're online like this, uh, we're casting a pretty wide net, right. and there's a whole lot of mm-hmm. different circumstances, and there's a whole lot of different backgrounds and life stories that are tuning in right now. Right. And what we see in Scripture are real people. Real people. Real people. Real that people so that had faith and that acted upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of the, one of the saints here at the church just a few days ago, uh, we were talking, and he was... Uh, he was sharing with me a message that he heard uh, just the other day. He was watching it online, and it, the question was posed, uh, and this was kind of the, the title and the topic of the message, was, what makes God marvel? What makes God marvel? Hmm. And uh, he was sharing with me the, the, the substance of this message, and uh, the answer is faith. Mm-hmm. Faith makes God marvel, and we see it in Scripture when Jesus, uh, on a couple of occasions, says, you know, he marveled. It says they marveled, and he said, uh, such great faith have I not seen, right. even in Israel. Mm-hmm. And faith makes God marvel. Mm-hmm. Faith is what moves God. Mm-hmm. Faith is what activates the plan of God in your life. Mm. And Brother Ben and I were talking yesterday, and I believe it was you that made the statement, and I wrote it down, and I wanted to share it today that your faith in action lets God's creative power walk through the door of right. your life. And right. it opens the door to what God needs to be doing in your life. That's right. That's the power 
of faith. That's the faith power of isn't faith. the ability to make bad things go away. Mm-hmm. Faith is the ability to believe in God and let God begin to work in your life. That's right. And let God start to answer that question. Yes. How do I go beyond belief? How do I take a step of faith? Mm. How do I enter into a relationship with God? How do I take the next step right. in my already existing relationship with God? And mm. um, let, let, me, let me speak to the person right now who is hearing this teaching today and uh, who maybe feels a little bit challenged in their spirit. We're kind of reaching a point where we're going to conclude for the morning, but uh, maybe you've been watching today, and you've heard the word of the Lord, and you've heard this teaching, and maybe you're feeling a little bit challenged in your spirit. Uh, Here's what I want to direct you to do. First, you need to pray and be prayerful. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to sound professional. Uh, it doesn't ha- you don't have to use certain words. Mm-hmm. But uh, you need to use your voice, and you need to, to, to pray, and right. you need to enter a prayerful spirit in your life. Uh, secondly, as you are prayerful, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to approach the Word of God this week in that spirit of prayerfulness. Yes. Now, here's what that means. Sometimes we can be guilty of, of approaching the Word of God and looking at the Word of God uh, almost like we would a textbook. And that's not the way the Word of God is, is supposed to be interacted with. But whenever we approach God's Word with a spirit and an attitude of prayer and humility before God, that's when God can open up our eyes mm-hmm. and He can cause us to understand and He can open up revelation to us so those are the two things that if you're watching this right now or you're watching it later, I want to encourage you to do this week. You need to be prayerful. Yes. And you need to approach the Word of God in that spirit of prayerfulness. And I would direct your attention to two passages in particular. I know that the Bible uh, is, is a large book. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit overwhelming. It can look a little bit daunting. So uh, I, I want to direct your attention to, to two passages of Scripture, uh, if I may. And, and you might want to write it down. It's John chapter 3 and Acts chapter 2. John chapter 3 and Acts chapter 2. There's a group of people, Brother Ben, in the New Testament, and they fascinated me. I, learned, I, I remember uh, I, I studied the Bible whenever I was a young, uh, a young man. I was a teenager. And there was a group of people mentioned in the book of Acts, and they were a group of Christians from a, a, a location called Berea. And maybe you're watching right now. Maybe you don't consider yourself to be a Christian. Or maybe that is the profession of your faith. Mm -hmm. And you do have a walk with God. And nevertheless, you feel stirred Mm -hmm. by what you've heard today. And you feel a little bit challenged in your spirit. Right. Uh, Maybe, maybe, let me take it a step further. Maybe you're someone who identifies as somebody who is spiritual, but not religious. And I can get on board with you on that. Uh, what we've been discussing today is is not religion. Right. It's revelation. That's right. It's revelation. And that's what the Word of God is. Mm-hmm. And regardless of which uh, way that you would identify yourself today, I, I want to urge you to take the same action that these people from the town of Berea took. Right. Because the Bible says of them that they heard the Word of the Lord. They heard the Word of God. And then they went to the Scriptures to see if those things were so. Yeah. That's what each of us need to do. We need to go to the source. That's right. The unchanging word of God. Mm-hmm. And we need to see what the word of the Lord says about how to activate our faith and how to go beyond our belief, how to put our faith into action. So just to, just to, to recap and just to say again, mm-hmm. be prayerful this week. And approach the Word of God with that spirit of prayerfulness. Yes. And specifically, look at John chapter 3, what the words of Jesus are to a man named Nicodemus, and go to Acts chapter 2 and see what happened at the birth of the church and how the first church took the words of Jesus as it pertains to salvation and activated their faith, and they saw the miraculous happen in their life. 
I want to encourage you to do that. Yes. And before we, before we sign off today, we're going to uh, lead in prayer. I want to encourage you. Brother Ben's going to lead us in prayer. But I want to encourage everybody that's watching right now. Perhaps you're watching alone, and it's just you, um, and, and that's fine. Uh, if you're with your family and, and you've got people nearby, your household is gathered together, and you're viewing this right now, I want to encourage you to join hands with one another yes. uh, as it is appropriate and uh, to join together and pray with us. And, uh, and let's conclude our time this morning together in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. We are so thankful, God, for this opportunity together. Lord, we're thankful that your presence, that your spirit knows no boundaries. It's not uh, at all uh, caught off guard or uncomfortable with the setting or the surrounding, God. But you have filled every home today. You filled every office maybe that someone may be setting in or vehicle or wherever they may be this morning, God. And you have met us here today. Your presence has been so rich. It has been so real, Lord, and we thank you for that. Now, Lord, I pray today for every individual, God, that has that has listened, that has signed on, that may listen tonight or tomorrow or next week. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that there would be a blessing that would come upon them, that there would be a peace that would come upon them, God, that revelation would come upon them, O Lord. Help us, Lord, truly as we seek you in prayer and as we seek you uh, through the Scripture this week, O God. I pray that you would help to give us a deeper revelation of who you are, God, and by us applying our faith, Lord, who we are and what we have been called at this moment during this season at this time, God, what we have really been called and positioned to do, Lord. And I pray, God, one more time, God, over every home, let your angels, God, that are present in this room right now, God, I pray that those angels, O Lord, would encamp around every home that would encamp around every individual, God. And I pray that you would give them health, Lord. I pray that you would bless their finances. I pray that you would bless their families, that you would bless uh, their homes, O Lord. Bless them coming in and going out. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise, God, in advance, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Ben. Thank you all for being here with us today. Uh, we recognize that your time is extremely valuable, yes. and we don't take it lightly that you've taken some of your time on this Sunday morning and into this Sunday afternoon right. to join us and to hear the word of the Lord together. We pray that we've been a blessing and uh, that you've been blessed, and that you would enjoy this beautiful day that we have yes, in the Lord. for sure. May God's blessings be upon your family. We're praying for you all. We love you. Love you all. pray that you have a good day. In Jesus' name, God bless.